2: Welcome to Thursday's episode of the Terry Scottish Football Podcast. My name is Craig Fowler and I'm joined on this occasion by Sean McGuigan Hello. and Robert Borthwick. I always get introduced second. It's <laughs> <laughs> just, 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 just an observation. Is anyway. something that bothers you? No, it's that's,
0: that's, that's just an observation. Fair enough. Delighted like to be here.
1: This is the first time we have appeared on the same podcast
0: since the classic,
1: recording it in a
0: pub. We recorded it in a ve- well. It was quite a quiet Queen's Arms. It was okay to start, with. and then a party came in, and uh, a works night, possibly and some,
2: somehow three of you, fucking three of you, did think that a table sitting beside you, all making a lot of noise, was going to be a problem. So like thought, I'd had a couple of pints, and I think when we stopped it, I listened back. I was like, "That sounds alright." <laughs> I like if I had it two years down the line,
1: Fowler is still really raging a bit. <laughs>
0: yeah, it <laughs> got to halfway through; and it was literally you couldn't hear what you were saying. So. The- <laughs> The worst terrace <laughs> podcast of all time. I think the only way is up.
2: In here. <laughs> yeah, so it's quite a it's quite a, a, a jump to beat. Yes, Aye. Right, uh, sh- we shall begin with Sean.
1: Uh, Some my lower league topics. Yes. Did, did I pick it up right? Because I it was like you missed out a bit and and uh, uh, message. I was just to bring two lower league topics. Yes. Right, that's fine. That's what I've done. Yes. That's what I've done. I have understood that. Right. Cool. Where. I've got one positive and one negative. That's good. Will we start with the negative? Why not? It's always more fun. Right, okay. Uh, I am a technically, technically minded and commercially astute football manager who has established an exceptional success record in the Scottish game, leading the likes of Breakin City, Raith Rovers and Dundee United to considerable domestic and cup achievements in their respective leagues. Uh, not my words. That is the opening paragraph of Ray McKinnon's LinkedIn page. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to follow that up with a particularly positive second paragraph about Falkirk. (laughs) Things are not going well. It's quite interesting in the past when you've had a team who's had a a stinking season. So uh, when Ray Rovers had the season under Gary Locke and John Hughes, I hoped that they would... Well, we knew that it would bin off John Hughes that he wouldn't be back. I hoped they would absolutely gut the squad as well. So they didn't do that. Kind of kept the bulk of the squad... Uh, Changed the manager obviously, got Barry Smith and here we are, we're still in League 1. Brecon City went down a kind of different route where they kept the manager, kept the bulk of the players. They're now really bad. Falkirk did gut the squad, kept the manager, so they went I suppose for option C. I don't know if that's looking like it was the best way to go either. Am I right in saying they have 8 points from 5 games? They have, let me get this right now, they have... They've won their home games They've won their two home games They have Drawn Two away from home They've yet to score Away from home So they uh, They drew now now with Peterhead They drew now now with Airjet And they lost 1-0 to Clyde And then they also lost 2-0 uh, to Wraith in, in the Challenge Cup so Away to, from home
2: To, to summarise Yes
1: <laughs> Yes Absolutely They uh, You know something They're looking very much like Wraith Rovers uh, In that they Are looking pretty good at home but for some reason, away from home is a completely different kettle of fish. He, he still sets up uh, very negatively. And I know, I know Ray McKinnon is a football manager for a reason. And we are huddled around the microphone in a kitchen for a reason. Ray McKinnon is a far better football manager than we will ever be. But the way his team sets up and that there's no width in midfield and his fullbacks, which is Mickey Doyle on the right and Paul Dixon on the left, those are the two guys who have to give him the width. And to be fair, they do but as soon as they get to the, uh, the, the byline and as soon as they get to a position where they can cross a ball into the box none of them can do it and when that is your uh, kind of main uh, or one of your main weapons in terms of creativity it is probably never going to work he, he had Tommy Robson who was the left back uh, last season he probably would have been ideal for that. Great at bombing on, not particularly great at defending, but you know something, he probably wouldn't have to defend that much in League One. And he was far better at getting the ball in the box than, than Paul Dixon would be. For whatever reason, he retained Dixon and, and got rid of Robson. And it's just one of uh, many strange decisions that he's that he's made. They have a they have a very talented squad. And when we discussed Falkirk in uh, the League One preview at that season, we said the only thing that could possibly hold them back is the squad depth. Uh, it's pretty difficult to win any league when you only have about 14 players uh, with the greatest will in the world. They now have a, a bench full of players that would either get in every single team in League 1 or uh, get in the bulk of teams uh, in League 1. So he kind of has that depth as well. Uh, but aye, there was there was a, a fairly big reaction for the fans on Saturday considering they lost a, a challenge. It was only a, a Challenge Cup game It was 2-0 They thoroughly deserved to get beat 2-0 Albeit they made changes But even when they Even when he, he brought His kind of main strikers Off the bench And Salmon and McManus uh, Connolly might come on as well I think he might have been the, th- the third substitute But they were still They were still struggling How has Salmon been? Connor Salmon is You know when you add that caveat Oh that's a good signing For that level Yeah he might be. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't really made up my mind. I mean, to be fair, he did score the best goal—the best goal you'll see this season when the Montrose goalkeeper—I might have been Fleming—just uh, threw off his coup. Yeah. Uh, I mean, nobody will score a better goal than that. Uh, this, season. but I- again, the soccer fans are saying it's not very well. Saying uh, we've won our home games this season. If Fleming had done that, I don't know if we would have beat Montrose that day. They've, they've had one. Uh, they've had one performance this season against Dumbarton and it was the type of performance that you expected Falkirk to make. In that, it was 5-1 I think, 5 or, or 6-1 and okay, you don't you don't think they're going to score 5 or 6 every single week but they were just so on top and it could have been more than, than 5 or 6-1 and it's just the only time they've performed it like that this season and to be fair, it was when Dumbarton were going through the absolute
2: patter phase which they seem to have uh, managed to, to eliminate overnight somehow Aye, I, I I, wait, because Dumbarton really, <laughs> are now not third or something because they won three games in a bit third although
1: uh, and I know a lot of, I know a, a, kind of a lot of clubs social media does things like this, They'll say we well until East Fife went top with our win against for last weekend they kept saying that they were joint top with Wifelers no you were second <laughs>
2: <laughs> because
1: goal difference is a thing <laughs> uh-huh.
2: Same number of points, but you're not joint top. There's no such thing as joint talk. Try that at the end of the season. <laughs> joint champions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not how it works, Dunbar. <laughs> right, fair player.
2: So, I mean, I think you were
0: saying the, the caveat of good signing for that level. Um, I feel like Fulcrux signed a lot of players in the summer that are good signs for that level. But obviously, the performances are still for a, the flattering to deceive. So that is a Ray McKinnon issue. But that's, that's a mentality issue that maybe he's brought from, obviously, the disastrous campaign last season. And is is instilling that into the new players who should be doing a lot better, especially with home? He he obviously had he had a style,
1: he had a system in mind, and he doesn't really have the personnel for it, which is Ray McKinnon's fault. In terms of his midfield, so uh, Michael Tidzer is a really good player. Is he necessarily somebody who is going to be particularly creative? No, but he will retain possession. Uh Ian McShane is a really good player uh, for League One and a decent player for the championship is he, again, somebody who's going to be particularly creative? No, he's kind of one pace, and again, just kind of keeps possession. Charlie Telfer, a wee bit more about him in terms of getting forward. Uh, he's the best of that three. And Aidan Connolly, on his day, can be a bit more creative, but there isn't really a lot of pace in there. Uh, Louis Longridge came in. He could provide width and a bit of pace, but Longridge probably isn't at his best out wide. He's probably best in a number 10 position, so he has. Somewhere in that Falkirk squad, there is definitely a team that should win the league and I still think will win the league he doesn't seem to
2: have got round to picking it yet do you think there's any way because Fokker fans were already a little miffed that he was allowed to stay on do you think there's any way he'll be out the door fairly soon or do you think he'll be given at least until you know turn of the year
1: they have they've got a difficult set of fixtures coming up and I'm trying to remember who it is so they have, so they've just played there, I think they have, in the next four games, they, in some semblance of order, they have Forfa, East Fife, Stranraer away, and Wraith Rovers away. Uh, not necessarily in that order. Now that is, so Forfa you would expect to be there or thereabouts for the playoffs, Wraith Rovers, uh, East Fife are obviously top at the moment. Strenrar, uh is an away game that they should still be winning, but teams do struggle down there from time to time. If he doesn't put together a, decent flurry of results in those four fixtures that, that might be him that might be him because if they've started poorly if that would continue into, into November and you're then sitting maybe six seven points off the top I'd, I could see that being uh, that being that might be his, his time up the only thing that might save him is Focus still have this kind of ongoing takeover whether they would make a move on the manager when this takeover is still trying to go through if, if that's still a thing and I don't know never have I known somebody to be going through such a long period of due diligence about 1998. It's been going on since. How's <laughs> Gomez then? He is—he uh, may be the the best of a very slow bunch. Uh, <laughs> the the Foggat fans seem to
0: be quite enamoured by him. Good. It's easy to be enamoured by Marga Gomez. He's a very likable character. Aye, aye,
1: aye. very much well
0: yeah, so. Yeah. That- a very very likable footballer as well when he's on his game. That level, I think he you uh, should be doing a job. Well,
2: actually, I think he was a, a very good case of that level. Chat being good because yeah. last season I saw him play. I think it was his debut for Dundee United. He played against, against Montrose, Montrose in it the Cup. Excellent. Yes, and never I never had any
1: more good games.
2: Yeah, exactly. I came out of that saying he was played very well. Probably their best player. But let's see what happens when he plays in the championship. And he played in the championship, and he was rushed Because he's passed it at that level
1: Another thing about Fogart Which may come back To to bite them a wee bit I thought it was quite interesting At the time when they have done it They've given a load of players uh, Two year deals And I think they So I think they'll get out League one I still don't think They'll be very good In the championship Next season with that It's very much It's a team that's got Mid-table championship Written all over it Which surely isn't What Fogart are are aiming for But I suppose one thing at a time Get out of this league Or finish (laughs) (laughs)
0: fifth. It's that sort of thing, though. If you're saying you know McKinnis, uh, McKinnon might get his jotters if they if they don't do too well in the next four games. I mean, he and same is true of McInnes. He and that's <laughs> very true. Um, he inherited a platoon of jobbers um, that he didn't sign, obviously, to start with, and then it was sort of catastrophic. Someone else would then have to come in and do the same again. It's more rebuilding for Falkirk. I think they need to kind of keep the eggs in this basket for the time being and just hope that. McKinnon can actually <laughs> is it, drag is it, them <laughs> upwards at some stage in the next year or so because there's no put the the overhaul
2: of players and the the sort of the rate at which they go through them is. Is it yeah? Is it not a case though that uh, in this instance the players should be good enough and he's underperforming with the players rather than inheriting Den Lewis and Co.
1: Aye, I think so. I mean, he this is literally his team and. I, I think
2: that's a team that should be So another manager coming in would only have to add one or two if possible outside the transfer window I don't
1: even think you need to add anything necessarily just get these guys just uh, get them playing as they should they, they, honestly it's such a, a good team for League One uh, and the fact that kind of comes out on a Saturday and talks about things like oh well you know I've seen good things and we created decent chances and I mean, every single time they've been away from they deserve to get beat by Clyde, they didn't deserve to beat Air they deserve to get beat by Wraith Rovers. I mean, they've really,
2: really struggled on the road this season. I've seen who your positive team is. Yes. So, in a second, I'm going to ask you about your positive team, but uh-huh. beforehand, I'm right. going to ask you about Wraith Rovers, because we're going to just do this as a whole right, top okay. of league one. Because you'll know Rovers, right, haven't you? I'm aware of them. <laughs> yeah <laughs> the one Specky guys, the manager yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Right uh, So <laughs> Tell us about Wraith. What's their uh, How's their title challenge going?
1: Uh, they will know in the league
2: like... No Even no. Even with Regan Henry Being the best player in the division Even with Lewis Fawn coming back from injury mm-hmm. See I know stuff
1: too Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, That's it <laughs> Lewis won is back from injury But he'll be What month is this? What are they? <laughs> September The 11th of September uh, 12th of September He will be He'll be injured again By about the 9th of October Wraith <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rovers might If Fogger get the house in order Wraith Rovers won't win the league uh, I think East Fife fans have got a lot of things To be positive about Which we'll probably touch on uh, can I, Do I think East Fife can do an our growth? No Do I think? Wraith Rovers can kind of do arm growth, In that they are a long uh, Kind of second favourite this season Maybe But like last season They would need other teams to be To underperform So Falkirk need to underperform For Wraith Rovers to win the league And I still I still have my doubts about The Wraith Rovers team in general
2: Right let's come on to your second team uh, That I can see for your notes I think I'm hoping right saying this East 5
1: Yes I thought East 5 would do well this season I fancied them to to get in the playoffs in that they kept the core of what was a really good squad last season that totally fell away it was bizarre I mean they at one point they were talking about pushing for second uh, behind our bro certainly looked like they were guaranteed for playoffs and then about the last kind of third of the season completely bottom fell out the season and they ended up finishing seventh so you can say that they really underperformed however They had pretty good cup runs last season, which meant that from about January onwards, they were playing two games a week for a number of weeks, which for for any part-time side uh, can sometimes catch up with them. They had an issue with the fact that their main player was Scott Agnew, who had a a, a bad injury. I'm sure he went off in a game at Stranraer, which they eventually lost, and he was never really the the, the same player after. They lacked goals up front. Anton Dowds. He was a very good player last season and a, and a very good forward. However, he was one of those forwards that does not score enough goals. I think he ended up with about seven last season. So elements of their team uh, worked well all season and then they just started to, to, to fall away. It was interesting in that that's exactly what happened the season before. And they actually started last season pretty poorly and the fans were actually wanting Darn Young uh, out the door. I was interested to see if that had happened again, if they started poorly this season, how long would Dan Young uh, have had? Started the season really well in the League Cup. Uh, they, they beat had some penalties, didn't they? Yes. So they beat hearts penalties. They won at Tannadice. They got through in the group. That obviously was a, a fantastic start. Once again, Dan Young's got credit at the bank. The first two games drew with Head, drew with Clyde. They weren't anything startling. However, since then, uh, they have... Played Ergy, beat them four one again. A team that would be looked to be in the, the top four. Really good against Ergy. They played Ralph Rovers. It was four two. It could have been five or six on the day. Uh, they were excellent. And then on Saturday they played Forfar, which was essentially East Fife versus uh, uh, Mark McCall in the, the Forfar goal. It was two one. It could have been five one, and they were they were absolutely excellent. There's so many things to admire about these five team from the kind of midfield forward. They are current form as good as anybody uh, in the league player for player they aren't but current form they are defensively you would kind of worry about them to a degree the the reason I don't think they'll do an Arbroath is because of how good Arbroath's back four and goalkeeper were last season uh, fantastic uh, defensive unit for, for the third tier East Fife don't have that I think they've already conceded maybe six goals this season uh, which is quite a lot for when you've, you've only played five games so I don't think they'll do what Arbroath did but at the moment, they are excellent to watch. The, the football they played against, 4-4, was, uh, was really good to really good to watch. I, a lot to admire about them
0: at the moment, and I don't think any East 5 fan much would have done young at the moment. So what, what's been the turning point then from the tail end of last season when the arse collapsed out of their, out of their play and out of their team? What's been the, the key difference between then and how they've started this season? They, they brought in
1: Chris Higgins on loan from United last season and obviously the intention was to, to bolster a defensive unit uh, a guy with a lot of experience and it never really worked out for him uh, for the, the kind of final third of the season how they've managed to remedy that weak point this season is just by re-signing Chris Higgins but it's just a far better Chris Higgins than the Chris Higgins that they had last season he had Uchi in his pocket in the, the League Cup game that has
2: not been hard this season and
1: he has he has never looked back he's been exceptional so that has improved the, the, the kind of central defensive they haven't they've they got rid of three left backs during the summer that's about all they, they got rid of uh, from that from that kind of core of the squad uh, but Pat Slattery has filled in very well at left back they brought Stuart Murdoch from Dungeon United who's like a name you think how have you went from Dungeon United to, to East Fife He's been really good uh, Right back In midfield Scott Agnew Is kind of back to his best Liam Watt Is doing very well Out wide uh, Aaron Dunsmore Is also doing very well Out wide And I think the, the Key signing of the summer Has been Ryan Wallace From Arbroath He was A kind of A pudgy Pest And I mean that In the nicest possible way He has has always been A very good player uh, Always been very quick He is quick Imagine how quick he would be If he wasn't a stone overweight. <laughs> 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 well think no more because he isn't a stone overweight he's lost a lot of weight he he does so much work again a player that doesn't score enough goals but his movement uh, you know defenders do not know where he's going he's quite happy to go wide left wide right he'll go through the middle he'll drop deep nobody knows how, how to pick him up and he is I can imagine he would be the type of forward that other forwards would, would love to play with because he does so much hard work he have the League 1 Manager of the Month and Player of the Month awards been announced?
0: Don't know. Championship I'm and Premiership I'm not sure about
1: I'm not sure if League One have or not. If, if they haven't I'd imagine they will be there or thereabouts when it comes to the uh, the Player of the Month award. He is at a fantastic start to the season and again he's, he's somebody that probably I actually was hoping that Raith Rowers would, would pick him up but he, he's led the line su- uh, superbly but midfield and up front East 5 look fantastic. At the back I was to have question marks over the goalkeeper so they have they have a fantastic goalkeeper on their books in Brett Long. Uh, however, it's been Jordan Hart that's been playing goals. Jordan, Hart, Jordan was, uh, Hart of the goal XA United.
2: At, yes, he made an of that goal when we saw them. Uh, yes. he, he made an Arsenal a few goals. <laughs> okay. yes. uh, He made an a, a, a few goals. He's got great highlights, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you Jordan. He also he dropped a level, went to Queens Park, and was excellent for Queens Park. And now he's come back up a level. He of the goals that they've let in, he's probably been at fault for at least two, Good. maybe more. I don't know why Brett Long isn't getting a game I, I don't know if there's more to it than just the fact that he thinks Jordan Hart is a, a better goalkeeper at this moment in time but I think bringing
2: Brett Long in would would add a wee bit more to, to his five Ryan Wallace uh, once played for Hearts at Ibrooks and uh, had a shot that was saved and then the came out and Scott Robinson Followed it up. What a hearts team. Just and, listing off all the names. And then Rangers he with a cross from Greg Wilde. A spill from the a shot that was blocked and then I think... not Andy at, Little. Andy Little scored. Yeah. Makes you think, yeah. Great stuff. What a game. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, pin, the pinnacle of Scottish football right there. <laughs> Two teams in the top six. 2010. Yeah. What a year. <laughs> <laughs> that was even the hearts team that was like like one that nearly got relegated or anything. The first fifth. Right. <laughs> Have you any more to add on either... Either team Or League One in general uh, League One in
1: general What the hell's uh,
2: happened With Dumbarton How are they so good
1: uh, Fair play to Dumbarton Isaac Lane uh, Has come into a game He's helped matters He uh, When they signed for him For goodness
2: sake Don't invite him on a night He's <laughs> such a quiet And unassuming character
1: <laughs> When they They signed all of those Jobbers from the Exit trials I thought no None of these Are going to work And actually It turns out that Some of them Might actually have Just come into a game uh, and I don't know I never researched them Barton's so you've totally put me on the spot <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs>
2: just saying that is better than I could add <laughs> except for my Nikon joke <laughs> right we'll move on shall we aye go for it uh, let's move on to do me a solid oh yeah it's back again because nice. it's not going to be in the telly anymore no because uh, we'll rubbish it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot easier to do this on a podcast than when you're uh, having 30,000 people. I probably shouldn't have said that, should have. I? No, I don't know, but, but it's actually more than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, lots of people watching you. So, right, question number one. You've been asked to appear on an interview panel alongside one of the country's most notorious Walter Mitty figures. Who do you send in your place? Let's go first. Shall I? Yes. yes. Go um,
0: I have gone for um Arbro's Smokey Smoky Joe the Smokey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I believe he would talk with more legitimacy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well I um, I think you should just double down on the bollocks. And um, so I've gone for Joe Miller. <laughs> So whatever this Walter Walter Mitty character came out with, he would just go, oh yeah, that's like the time when we were away with uh, Aberdeen and then this happened and that happened and then somebody would have to write a statement saying it didn't happen and he would have to say that he was confused.
1: I vote for Andy Muirhead. Cool. Cool. Because it would would just be good television. (laughs) Because I get the impression that Andy Muirhead could make a point. So here's what I think. And then Walter Mitty would say, "Yes, I agree." And then Andrew Muirhead would say, "Well, I disagree." <laughs> and then you would just get a big furore That would be great. That
2: does sound like decent TV, actually. Aye, yeah. Should set this up next time, right? Uh, I really should sure put these in order. I'm just scrolling through WhatsApps. Uh, hang on. Do you want me to read that? Somebody says
0: yes, please. Uh, you're in a European city and don't speak a word of a language because you're a pig ignorant moron who do you hire as a translator and
2: guide? I've gone for Graham Right beca- yeah. because he would, uh, he would do none of the translating but he would go around with much more authority and confidence than I would I would respect the people in this city that uh, I can't speak any of their language and it's a, b- a bit silly that I can't and I've come to there and I expect them to speak my language but if I was with Graham soonest, he would be having none of that and he would be getting more and more agitated uh, the more people didn't understand him and they would be getting more and more scared you've really thought about this haven't you have that's very good though thanks imagine we're on holiday with Graham. <laughs> especially when <laughs> that one where he was like a Sampdoria with like the <laughs> short shorts and the, the tash he needs to bring the tash back that's, I that's, think I'd just spend a fortnight scared <laughs> Walking on
0: eggshells In constant fear <laughs> You wake up in the middle of the night You just at the bottom of your bed Looking at you <laughs> Punching you because
2: you're snoring <laughs> Punching you Sitting <laughs> sit at the bottom of your bed We we'll drink a Paul Pogba
0: So <laughs> fair um, I've got a couple here I didn't know which one to choose So I'll go First and foremost Ali McQuist I've got him Yeah mm-hmm. Tour guide extraordinary. Oh of course um, I He'd learn lots. Um, I reckon he'd probably know A wee bit of the language as well Just because that kind of character He might just know what was that noise? Is that
2: that's my cat going to the toilet? Nice, great, all <laughs> uh, right, perfect.
1: See the see the only problem with Alan because I know he got a he got a lot of credit for his knowledge during the World Cup last ah. season. Was he not just
0: out the Wikipedia page? Well, I, I believe that him and his co-commentator were actually going around and doing tours. <laughs> do John champion? Not not giving out the tours obviously. <laughs> so, <a> Wikipedia page. <laughs>
2: No uh, They were going
0: out uh, and, and being explained About the, uh, the certain cities Like St Petersburg And, and all that kind of stuff Because I got
1: the impression That if somebody had Went in Like in the
0: morning And changed the Wikipedia page Alan McQuistis would have read it out I'm pretty sure Craig Anderson changed one of them Because he knew Where Alan McCoyce was, was commentating next To see if it um, he picked anything up And here's a River Volga Entirely made out of Fanta <laughs> <laughs> So was like You sure?
1: You sure Ali? Yep yeah. <laughs> no, no Alan McQuistis Is a good show I went for him
2: <laughs>
0: nice. Uh, my other one was uh, Ryan McCarty. <laughs> Ryan
2: who? Oh, no, Darryl McCarty. Daryl McCarty. I was going to say, uh, Ryan, fucking Ryan McCarty. He <laughs> <laughs> just Ryan Hardy and put a knick in front oh, of I can't fucking speak to <laughs> this. You, you could answer Daryl
0: McCarty
1: to every single one of these. I, I contemplated
2: them. Who the fuck what, Ryan McCarty? <laughs> Darryl McCarty. It's, it's Ryan Hardy if he put on a really, really rubbish uh, spy. Uh, I was going to say costume <laughs> okay. A spy's costume <laughs> Ryan A spy's persona <laughs> Ryan McHardy put on a No if Ryan Hardy Was going to be a spy But he was really rubbish at it It's like What's your, what's your name What's your code name Ryan McHardy We can just edit it Who's about. Ryan Hardy The striker <laughs> Why Why would he be a spy
1: <laughs> <laughs> And uh, What was your answer Sorry
2: Mate, that, that was a great answer. What was the
1: next question? It was really memorable. <laughs> did you not give me an answer? Ah, no I did. I, said I didn't answer. Right. Oh
2: yeah, of course right. so I see, right. or, or you
1: could have John Hughes, uh, because obviously, if you want a translator, then <laughs> you want, <laughs> so you want something that's multilingual or even bilingual. What, what's what's the what's the name for somebody that knows no languages? <laughs> 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 N- no lingo <coughs> No oh, You alright?
2: <coughs> <coughs> you better me do the next question <coughs> I was going to say i was about to give him The Heimlich <coughs> manoeuvre I thought I actually thought what it was but Because I had the drink in my mouth And I started choking on the drink No you want somebody Who's anti-lingual Is, is that as If you don't know any language <laughs> I just made it up Alright oh, well that's good enough Good enough for me I don't know if it was good enough For me to nearly choke to death What the hell did it down. <coughs>
0: So um, <laughs> Your popular TV show Has been commissioned For
2: a second series Which Scottish footballer Do you get to promote it? Paul Slane. The man uh, Fizzes up beer and, and Smashes it in his face And uh, Shouts And That gets like a, a thousand likes And I've spilt beer on myself Loads of times And I've never had any the likes Out of it In fact people See me and shout at me For being stupid
1: He is the people's champion of fair play He really is yeah. So yeah. He, but he just
2: so your answer is disqualified because he is not a footballer. Did I actually say football? Yeah. No, all right. But well, he should be a footballer. I've
1: I've went for the entire Scottish national team. Right. So the reason I've went for this is because if you and I appreciate I'm setting myself up here for a an old man joke, but if you go back to the seventies World Cup squads they would all get paid when you were in your teens I was uh, 22 I think (laughs) they would all get paid to advertise a really rubbish and really 70s product that would be like I don't know some kind of rubbish 70s car and they'd all be they'd all be in the, the kind of poster for it or I don't know smoke tabs it's good for you like that kind of real 70s vibe uh, so I would, I would bring it back get, uh, get the entire Scottish national team involved Especially If you need something Advertised In uh, the Summer of 2020
0: Because you'll be At a fucking loose end <laughs> 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 Saved it then Here's your one Rob um, So this This is sort of uh, This is a bit left field And it's, it's got I think it's sort of Anecdotal More than anything else But I've gone for Lee Miller Centre forward um, purely because when I was working at the SPFL We did really stupid Christmas videos And I asked like The day before it was due in Falkirk If they could help me out And uh, they just gave me Lee Miller's phone number He's <laughs> was like, Lee Miller will be able to speak to him I was like, Not nah, you do it So they, they ended up speaking to him But basically he helped at very short notice to promote the SPFL, so I'm like, do you know what, that stuck in my mind. Was oh, it good? he good? Was he good at it? No, he was terrible, but they all were. Um, <laughs> they all were, but he gave it real gusto, and I, I appreciated that, because they all had to sing a line out of the 12 Days of Christmas. Right. Was that the one where the Rovers players jumped out a basket? Yes. Yes. Is that that one? Yes. That that one, I believe so. <laughs> uh,
1: they all kind of mix into one now, to be honest with you. The next year they've never done it. Barry Smith was a manager at that point, point. I don't know if he had a... An influencing factor I'm almost certain He would have done A man that does not
0: Celebrate Christmas (laughs) For anything Good for him Um, Last but not least uh, Your manager keeps saying The same thing In press conferences Every week Despite the tension Among the fans Rising higher
2: Who do you get To provide them With new material Well Obviously, the manager kind of has to say these things He has to be saying that the team's heading in the the right direction And stuff like that He has to be positive to keep confidence up So he he can't really say anything different So what I would do would be get somebody to tell him how to say things That um, will make it more interesting Saying the same things over and over again, but more entertaining So I've gone for still game writers Ford Kiernan and Greg Kempel Cool (laughs) (laughs)
0: I don't know what links is the Scottish football right, now, but that's right. Scottish. Ah, Scottish players that's watch true. them, probably. I'm sure they probably like football. Um, <laughs> I have gone for... So basically, if your manager's trotting out the same shite, for, again, for the, the same sort of reasons as yourself, you want it to get more interesting either way. It doesn't really matter um, if it's positive or negative, uh, and it's not very often as well that lan- uh, managers lose all professionalism. And I think it's really great when that happens. So I'll go for Billy Brown. <laughs> Billy Brown, writing an impassioned script for an uh, unnamed manager. Let's say C. Levine is who we're talking about. No, that's too
2: obvious. Go for Craig
0: L. <laughs> uh, so I, I think Billy Brown. Billy Brown, just get him in and sit him next to Craig Levine. <laughs> Give him his own microphone.
1: I uh, I have went for the, the kind of opposite end of the spectrum I've actually I've just mentioned them actually so Ryan McCarthy, <laughs> no no <laughs> uh, super spy so so your problem is that, that C. Levine is just saying the same things every week and it's pissing everybody off is Yes, right right okay so here's an alternative Barry Smith right so he when he first started doing the post game stuff at Wraith TV it was maybe getting 400 clicks right Week 1 400 clicks It was pretty boring Right? By week 2 It was about 300 clicks By week 5 There was 0 clicks <laughs> Just bring in Barry Smith And it will be so fucking dull That nobody will listen
2: <laughs> Problem solved There you go sorted. Yes That went quite well Aye God knows <laughs> why i was not doing it in telly anymore <laughs> <laughs> I think it translates better on podcast be <laughs> I think so Right, let's
0: move on. <laughs> all the answers went all over our place. I did have my European set. It was option C.
2: Right, let's move on to another thing that won't be appearing on the telly. It's a, an index where rank players based on their numerical value is um, compared with a, a daft transfer in world football, and it is now going to be called McBurney Index. Very good. So. We've each got uh, I think we've got enough time for you yeah, We have uh, For a positive and negative player And who wants to go first? You can either go positive or negative It's up to you
1: I'll go I'll go positive
2: Okay Where'd So my
1: positive is Louis Aper I think you pronounce it uh, Dungeon United uh, Dungeon United White player He has had a A kind of circuitous journey To the, the Dungeon United first team He was I think he was on the books At Dunfermline When he was particularly young <laughs> it's a very odd pose as you were trying to open that yeah, Rob
2: just sneaked away to the other side of the room and then opened it loud enough he so could hear it anyway. <laughs> I not know he was doing. Uh, it like
1: so he was on the books of Duff Athletic, he left on and he joined uh, I think I called Five AM it's uh, an amateur team based in Cooper so, sounds like a radio station I know I know totally so bizarrely <laughs> he then went from Five AM to uh, Romer <laughs> He do he, he had a trial with Roma uh, Came back
0: I think 5am is, is that not Austin, Austin McPhee aye. Yeah Austin McPhee So, so aye, aye yeah So that, <laughs> that's Austin how he, McPhee Has links everywhere he Obviously he just
1: phoned he, up Roma well, That's how he came To the attention of Roma Austin McPhee Had uh, alerted them Somehow So that didn't go anywhere And he was supposed To sign for Ray Rovers He played a couple Of trial games For Ray Rovers That was the Towards the end Of the season Of Ray McKinnon's Tenure So Ray McKinnon left Rafe Rovers joined Dungeons United and unfortunately he took Louis a to pair with him 16 or 17 at a time he has as far as I'm aware never really been seen in the Dun United first team squad he's now 20 last season he actually spent it at I think it was Broughty Broughty Athletic uh, in, in the juniors and to be honest most people thought looks like he's kind of got a bit of talent needs to bulk up the fact that he's going for Dun United to juniors on loan you'll probably never see him again he will end up in the juniors forever however uh, came back to Dungeon United, uh, played a, a pretty big role in, in the majority of the pre season friendlies. I think the fact that he was uh, performed so well in the pre season friendlies gave him the kind of League Cup group section. I thought at that point he may still end up in loan, uh, on loan, but he impressed so much that he is now pretty much a mainstay uh, out wide for, for Dungeon United. He has already scored a couple of goals this season, I think he has something like three assists. I didn't see the entire Dundee game. I walked into a pub after about seventy-five minutes and so I only got 50 minutes of, of uh, non-stop laughter. But his uh, watching it back, his finish said a lot about him, so bear in mind it was a really congested penalty area. There must have been about twelve players in front of him. He was under pressure from a, a Dundee defender, but he had enough composure to kinda of let the ball drop and then take it on the volley, and any goal that comes off the, the underside of the bar always looks fantastic. But it was his assists. At the start of the season, they played uh, Inverness. Be Inverness 4-1. So his assists must have been for Shankland because he's got all the goals that day. But it was two different types of assists. So he got to the byline. He absolutely sold Inverness' defender a a kind of fantastic dummy. The the defender was away for for a a hot dog. (laughs) Back post-cross for Shankland and his second cross was even better because, okay, the marking wasn't great. Uh, on Shankland, but he had a defender in front of him. He had a defender uh, behind him, but a pair was still able to to pick him out from the the wide touchline. He he looks like a player who, when he, I always think a good player. You can tell when his first touch. So you watch lower league football and know everybody has a very good first touch. Sometimes it takes him three touches to control the ball. A pair knows exactly what he wants to do as soon as he gets that ball, and he controls it so well. Is it is it a really technically brilliant footballer and I know Dungeon United went through a wee phase of producing players like that I'm, I'm not saying he's going to be of the same ilk uh, of previous guys that's come through the Dungeon United uh, youth system It may even be that he's a bit like a Mackay Stephen player and I watch him on highlights and he sticks out and it might be so Mackay Stephen would look good on YouTube for example but didn't always play well for 90 minutes so Dungeon United fans will know better than me but any time I watch their highlights he, he very much sticks out and I'm quite quite excited by him actually so how much is he worth on the McBurney index? Uh, so McBurney is we my twenty million from McBurney. Yes. Uh, five
2: million pounds. There we go. Right, Rob, who are you going positive or negative? I'm going to. So I've got one of each, but one of them's
0: just a very short explanation. I'll go for the longer explanation, which is the negative one. Okay. Which is Christoph Berra
2: uh, Did we not do him? We've done him already. <sighs> we've done him already. Yes, we've done him two weeks ago. You have right okay well fuck it I'll just go for the other one then. <laughs>
1: what, 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 would, what would be your uh, valuation
0: of zero yeah, <laughs> I said bag of balls zero pounds um, anyway uh, poor Christoph I know I do love him but he's he's broken <laughs> irreparably broken <laughs> um, so my positive one as I say that, this, this is a very short explanation but I've gone for a beavis mugabe <laughs> 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 I've gone for Motherwell's new short term and I just want to say his name again: Beavis Mugabe um,
2: Purely for his name, he's worth two hundred million pounds. <laughs> <Fair> enough. Aye. Right. <laughs> uh, I've got. I'll go with negative because I've got a positive, but we can maybe save that for what to watch um, on the Patreon if we run out of time with your negative. Okay. So my negative is St Johnson striker Chris Kane. Oh yes. So Chris, if you're listening. Uh, you may be slightly perturbed by this, but do know that any time we've slagged you off in the past on the podcast, you've gone out and belted in some goals at the weekend. You've got a brace. Yes. So, so congratulations on those goals and the win bonus. So, Chris Kane this season uh, is, to be fair, it's not been put in a, a situation that the best reflects his talents. His talents being a player who is a very, very good championship striker uh, and probably a third or fourth choice striker on our Premiership team. But for a lot of this season, because Johnson struggled to sign somebody for, for long periods, he's been asked to start a lot of games up front and up front on his own. He does a lot of work. He does do he does do some of the basic things, right, as a footballer. Which, in fact, sorry, he does most of the basic things. So you can see that he's got intelligence, he's got enthusiasm. But in front of goal, he's not going to bang in 15, 20 goals. He can play with his back to goal a little bit but he's not exactly a target man who's going to hold it up and wait for the rest of the sport to arrive. He's also not been helped by the fact that St Johnson have been playing a bit off him in most of their games, so it's been Chris Kane with 20 or 30 yards of space between him and anybody else, and he's he's not got the the physicality to, to hold the play up for that long. He can link well, like I say, he can run, he can run channels, he can pass the ball fairly well. I think he's a a decent enough footballer to have in a squad, but you shouldn't be asking him to lead the line. And now that Stevie May is signed, I think May came on last week, and he'll likely get a starting nod once he's match sharp. And Dre Wright is back as well. That will likely mean that O'Halloran or Kennedy will be used more as a as a striker. So I think that's him now slipped down to third in the pecking order, and that's probably where he belongs.
1: The very first podcast I was ever on with talked about Chris Kane.
2: Oh really? Aye. That's when he's buying them in for
1: Dumbarton? He was making Colin Nash look like a player. He asked me if he would end up as good a player as Stevie May. And did you say yes? I said yes.
2: Oh. Well now he has. I think I'm right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> in a very <laughs> roundabout way.
1: Right. I didn't realise it because both of them would be dumb.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, Chris Kane McBurney, Index it's a Perth 5 1.5 million Alright, okay Yeah, we chuffed it up <laughs> But something about Bernie index <laughs> After he scores his goals That weekend there will be two <laughs> <laughs> Right, Sean Who is your negative?
1: My negative I went for Stephen Dobby
2: Ah, oh, right But he's supposed to be Really good
1: He It's, it's an outrageous Thing to say You kind of forget like, How good he was Last season At this point Last season He had 20 goals <laughs> But <laughs> only a third of the way through September uh, He had 20 goals at this stage last season He has uh, three this season Albeit he's played considerably fewer games All of his goals so far have come in the Cup They've come in games against lower league opposition as, uh, as well And Queen of South are kind of in the same position as they were last season In that they have uh, Stephen Dobby and a team full of jobbers mm-hmm. Their big issue this season is Their jobbers this season Are worse than the jobbers They had last season And Dobie's one year older And Dobie is one year older And I think he His injuries are just starting To get on top of him a wee bit So he ended last season With an injury He started this season With an injury And you presume that That has a bigger impact Obviously the older that you get He He's always been quite A selfish player and that that's actually fine because if you can drop deep get the ball 25 yards for goal turn around and then ping it in the top corner that's absolutely fine he is still quite selfish but he just at this moment in time anyway he doesn't seem to have that wee bit of uh, brilliance uh, about him when we again we spoke about Queen of South in the preview at the start of the season we kind of mentioned all this and at that point that was pretty much the only forward that they had and they've now signed uh, Faisal Elbak Tawi and that doesn't seem to be a, a particularly productive duo. They're both quite selfish players. Well, that, that's kind of it.
0: I think every good, selfish striker needs selfless players around him. So it, having Lyndon Dykes and stuff like that really helps because he can do all the running, do all the hard graft, and then obviously you've got the, the luxury of a, of a quality, selfish centre-forward mm-hmm. next to you. Bakhtioui, El and Dobie. It's just two guys Who want to shoot Every time they get mm-hmm. the ball so. I'm pretty
2: sure That back to When he was in the Premier League last Was something like Second or third For shots attempted Outside the area ah, That's all he does And he wasn't even like, Playing all the time For Dundee
1: Even uh, even watching Some of Queen of South's Highlights They already look like They're starting to get A wee bit frustrated uh, At each other Do I think he'll come good? Probably Because he's, he's Stephen Dobby uh, is, he, is he doing Particularly well at the moment? No No Quite the opposite So, what uh, value are you assigning him? Uh, I would have him as uh, 50% of Chris Kane. 750 grand. Oh dear.
2: What a fall from grace. Right, uh, we've still got a couple minutes left, so I'm just going to do my positive. Uh, I had a positive, and then myself and Joel done a Patreon earlier, which will be coming out tomorrow, uh, where Joel talked about this player, which was London Dykes, so I'm going to bin that. And I'm going to do one that's not based on, on current form at all, because he's been injured since January, but he's expected to come back this weekend, and that's Ryan Porteus. Oh yeah. So the reason this was a good backup for me to do was that I'm researching Portius to write a, an article on him tomorrow. So, <laughs> <laughs> um Because Is he is he overrated? See, I used to think right, right, I've only to I've only watched one game of him closely. I hopeful of watching another two before I could I write this article but it depends on my demands and what else I have to do tomorrow I used to think he was overrated I'm pretty sure I said this on the, sh- the show because I think he has made quite a few mistakes I still, I, I still think he is overrated in the, in the eyes of the Hibs fans who think he might be their, their absolute best centre-half because he's a 20 year old and as a 20 year old centre-half he does make errors and he probably at least last season made errors that maybe the other players wouldn't but then again, Hibbs haven't exactly started this season error-free at the mm-hmm. back with any of their defenders. Yeah. So, is he their best defender? Now, the last season, I've said definitely not. This season, I would say mm, maybe. And watching him closely, there was, a, there was a few things that I was impressed with that I didn't quite pick up last year because you, it's easy to see Ryan Portress as the blood and thunder you know, smashing through people, being a wee bit reckless, a wee bit overcommitted at times, and that was the red flag for me. But like I say, those are things that at 20 years old, you can iron out the game. It's yeah. not like a lack of pace. Mm-hmm. You're never going to get over a lack of pace. You're never going to become lightning. You can be less rash. You can make better decisions. And that bodes well for him because those are his main weaknesses. His strengths are just about everything else. He's big. He's good in the air. He's strong. He uses his body well when he goes up against players. He's great at tackling. His anticipation's pretty good for a young player. He's quite quick as well. That was one thing I was surprised looking at him today. He charges at the defence pretty well with the ball and he doesn't have full control of it because he's not you know, that great a footballer, but he's not terrible either. Yeah. It's not like watching well, better, for example, yeah. with, with the football. He's also a lot more composed with the ball at his feet, which again, for a 20-year-old player who you think of as somebody who's just going to melt the ball long, the stereotypical types, he's not like that at all. He is... You know, he will make a misplaced pass every now and again, but usually his passing's pretty accurate for, for a centre-half. And, and for all that package for a 20-year-old, it's I could see now why Hibs fans were so big in them. I uh, think he's an, an impetuous dunderhead, but that isn't long enough for an article. <laughs> <laughs> By Sean McGregor. <McGuigan. laughs> he does. That's the thing he needs to calm down on, undoubtedly. Uh, but I think that he can. He, at least, whether Paul Hockenbottom's a man to do it, I don't know. But he certainly looks like somebody who... I'm just going to say, I think he's got the potential to be the 50 cap Scotland player. Got I, a, that I, doesn't
1: necessarily
0: make you any good. No, <laughs> I would say Grant <laughs> Hadley's got like 29. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're I
1: saying would say that, you're so you about Grant Hanley but him and Russell Martin are two best centre half duo in the last eight I know or nine years. Mental, but anyway, sorry. I think, was, I think I think somebody I, was, I think somebody okay. made this
2: point on uh, Twitter the other day. Is that maybe just to get us a centre half pair together and just stick with them regardless? Right. Because then they form <laughs> a relationship.
1: Anyway, so i will totally off on a tangent there.
2: Um, I think everything you're
0: saying about Porches is, is completely right. You know, he does have these incredible attributes that you need to be a, a top, elite level footballer. Um, you saw the Callum Patterson. You've seen it before as all his injuries. I thought Chris Cadden was going to be that guy as well. He had the power, the pace, the, the physicality. Porches has that. He's so good in there. Um, as you say, he can play football as well. But his decision making at times is wow. incredible. It's wild I mean there's times When the ball goes in the box Where is the centre half Halfway up the pitch Because he was just Trying to support the striker It's mental He he does He rushes out of position At times You can be distracted By the ball And go chasing the ball And sometimes positionally He just needs to be A bit more disciplined I think with more time Playing in that Hibs defence With a Hanlon Or McGregor Obviously McGregor's up For a bit now as well I think playing with those players is going to help because their experience, they've both learned as well. I mean, obviously McGregor was a rampaging defender at one stage. Paul Hanlon last year played as a left winger half the time because <laughs> he was getting up to support so much. And it, it's it's about finding that discipline. Porches hasn't shown any of that yet with his discipline, but he's a cracking player. He's a player that I would have in the team, I mean, every single week. I, I think he is. That sort of player, he's got the fans on his side, which uh, a team like Hibs just now with, obviously, the discontent that's going on, I think Porteous, having that... Paul Heckerbottom
2: could do really well to just, even if he doesn't think it's maybe the right decision, even if he's he's absolutely certain that he shouldn't start Porteous, and they should do what he wants. But if he's thinking about it at all, just pick Porteous, because you need the fans back on your side. 100%, and and that is is a a
0: massive thing for Hibs just now, because obviously the, the fans are absolutely furious, rightly so, given their performances... Uh, Porteous is that guy he's, he's kind of the, the shining hope that you want in that team um, you look at other teams who have been absolute shite recently harsh and mm-hmm. you do want that Stephen Naismith on the pitch that, that player that gives you a wee glimmer of hope that makes you go back week in week out and, and Ryan Porteous is that for Hibbs. I think he very well can learn how to temper himself a lot more and, and, and play with more discipline but he'd be a lot less fun I like watching Porteous play because you kind of know that he's going to thunder through someone at any second. Mm-hmm. Not even in the
2: frame when the player's going to again. He <laughs> just <laughs> comes flying
0: in like the flash. <laughs> he just absolutely <laughs> empties him he'll and still, that's what you want.
2: He'll still do it every now and again, but he, he just needs to pick his moments. You can see him sometimes. So there was one moment, I watched the Livingston game, which I think was the last 90 minutes game he completed. And there was one point where he actually tripped up and allowed, uh, I think it might have been Ryan Hardy, to kind of sprint past him. And it was because... Super smart. Yep, yeah, super spy Ryan McHardy. Uh, it was because he was about to kind of thunder into a challenge that he really didn't need to make. He wasn't going anywhere. Aye, and he yeah. and hardly shifted at the last minute, and then he tried to set his feet and basically stumbled and fell over. Yeah. But he's like that wasn't him actually going into a tackle, but that was him thinking too much about about to do a tackle that he didn't need to make. Yeah, yeah. So he just needs to get that under control. But anyway, on the McBurney index, ten million. Oof, crikey, Wow. Is that? Us? I think so. Yes. Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to listen to more of us, go over to patreon.com forward slash Podcast, where you can continue to listen to us for $2 a month or if you want to listen to all the content, it's $5 a month. Enjoy. Now, guys, say goodbye. Bye Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.